Hello and welcome to another episode of Patch Notes. I'm your host, Adam Castor, and we have a great show for you today with everything from the new releases this week to news and notes talking about QuakeCon 2018 that just happened from August 9th to August 12th and a big version of what am I playing right now. On to the new releases. On August 14th, we have Cosmic Star Heroine, which is a sci-fi RPG, a Japanese-style RPG. We have no random battles, which is nice. I, I love that in my uh, JRPGs. It's actually similar to Chrono Trigger, where the enemies are just on the screen, and that's how you fight the battles. I love that. I really do not like random battles at all, because if you're just in your party and all of your party members are low on health or you're low on magic points, and you're just trying to get to a save point or a hospital. It's just the worst thing in the world to keep running into more enemies and risk yourself getting a game over. So the interesting thing about uh, Cosmic Star Heroine is that it takes place on three distinct planets. So we have an urban-style, very developed planet. There's a jungle planet, and there's a planet that is now ruins because of nuclear nuclear war i believe so the scope is very interesting when you're talking about this game and the amount of overworlds that you can explore and the de- the the scope of the story and all of the different characters that you can meet and honestly in my opinion half of a good rpg is memorable characters and if this and if this setup gives the player more opportunities to meet more memorable characters, then I am all for that. Also on August 14th, this is an interesting one. So this game, Tanglewood, is coming out for the Sega Genesis. That is not a typo. It is the Sega Genesis from the 90s. Obviously, it's a homebrew game. I don't think Sega is going to go back into the console market after being out for 17 years just for one mascot platformer. The physical version of this game is coming out for the Sega Genesis. You can also get it on PC, Mac, Windows, Linux, but it is only getting a cartridge version, a physical release on the Sega Genesis. The developers also plan on porting the game to the Dreamcast, so that's pretty interesting. So the game itself, novelty aside, it is a mascot platformer. And the mascot in question is a Sonic-esque character, but it's actually a red fox as its protagonist, as opposed to a blue hedgehog and a yellow fox. It's very woodland-inspired. I mean, a bit more than uh, Sonic the Hedgehog from what it looks like screenshot-wise. So it looks pretty interesting. I, I would really love to see how it plays, and especially the soundtrack. Because the Sega Genesis, I don't know if, if uh, listeners out there know this, but the Sega Genesis had a very, very unique sound font, where there was like a little twang, I guess, when you're talking about soundtracks that were composed for the Sega Genesis, the, the thing called like a Genesis twang like you can definitely hear the difference between a super nintendo game soundtrack and a sega genesis soundtrack and that is why a lot of sonic's songs sound the way they do is because of the sega genesis sound font and just how it works in general and we also have the walking dead the final season of the telltale version of the walking dead episode one and i really need to get to play uh those the walking dead games because i've heard some great things about the story and the moral choice system that is prevalent in every single Telltale game. But I feel like from what I've heard, it was implemented at its best in the Walking Dead series of games. I'm definitely looking forward to picking that up once I finish the rest of them. And lastly, on August 14th, we have the newest expansion for World of Warcraft, Battle for Azeroth. I actually saw the, uh, I guess it was a pre-rendered, it was like a pre-rendered trailer for uh, Battle for Azeroth. And it looks great, but I would I don't think I'll ever get into World of Warcraft. It is too much of a time sink for me. But for people who are really into World of Warcraft 
and MMORPGs in general, they are probably unbelievably excited for this. On August 15th, we have Penguin Wars, which is a remake of the mid-80s arcade game that was also uh, released on the NES and a bunch of other consoles. The game is that you and your opponent are rolling balls across a table, with the object being to get all of one player's balls to the other side of the table. So you get five balls each, and your object and the object of the game is to get ten balls on the opponent's side of the table. So you can actually also hit your opponent, and that leaves them dazed for a couple seconds. And that is the best way to actually get all of your balls on the other side of the table it looks interesting it's coming out for nintendo switch and i would love to see how it plays in action patch notes is your number one destination for gaming on radio free south bronx host adam castor brings you up to speed on the latest and upcoming releases and industry news along with a look into his personal library with what am i playing right now for more check out our website at radiofreesouthbronx.com so on to the news and notes We have one major story, which was uh, QuakeCon 2018, which happened just this past weekend from August 9th to August 12th. So first for QuakeCon 2018, Quake Champions. Quake Champions was out in early access, and people can still play that. It's more like a glorified beta of the game for free. And now, as of QuakeCon 2018, Quake Champions is now going to be permanently free to play for everybody. This is the sequel that people wanted since Quake 4 released in the mid-2000s. And it's going to be a free-to-play game. I don't really know how they're going to do monetization for it, because I've come to expect that when you're talking about free-to-play games. I mean, that remains to be seen. But for right now, it's nice to see that a game as popular as Quake is going to be more accessible to anybody that wants to play it. You can just download it. And also, uh, Fallout 76, the uh, Fallout spinoff, is not going to be launching on Steam. And I think it's because Bethesda said that they want to service their players better. I don't really know what they mean by that. I don't want to know what they mean by that because that just sounds evil. And I would love to see what their ulterior motives are for not releasing the game on Steam. And Bethesda's also, like throughout the conference, they've been pressuring Sony to kind of loosen their grip on doing crossplay between consoles and PC, or at least even between other consoles. I mean, my dream is to play games with my friend who has a PS4 and my friend who has a Nintendo Switch and be in the same lobby. That would be my ideal scenario. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but I do think that crossplay is very pro-consumer. And I don't really see the downside to it. Other than maybe that Sony can't control what goes on on the Xbox Live side or the Steam side. But even then, I still would love to see crossplay implemented. And it's not like this doesn't exist. I mean, I've been, I play Rocket League with my friend who has a Switch uh, through that crossplay feature. So if that is even close to universally implemented, I will be incredibly happy. And lastly, for QuakeCon, they also brought out some details on Doom 2, which was announced at E3 and they did say that they were going to talk more about Doom Eternal at QuakeCon, so they did just that, and it is, it's called Doom Eternal, and there is a multiplayer-esque mode. It's kind of like Dark Souls, really, when you have players invading your game, and you can take control of a demon. That's how you invade the game. You can, you take control of one of the enemies in the game, and you can try and kill players that way, which is so cool. It's really inventive, 
I mean, what a what a cool multiplayer concept. I'm surprised that game developers and publishers don't implement modes like this because it is an organic way for people to play together. And for people that don't want to deal with that kind of thing, you can just turn that stuff off. Patch Notes is your number one destination for gaming on Radio Free South Bronx. Host Adam Castor brings you up to speed on the latest and upcoming releases and industry news, along with a look into his personal library with What Am I Playing Right Now? For more, check out our website at RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. Lastly, we have What Am I Playing Right Now? So I'm going to be pretty ambitious with this one. I'm reviewing three games this week, but they're all in the same series, the Batman Arkham series, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight. So it's not going to be as crazy as uh, the last time I reviewed multiple games for what am I playing right now? And I'm not doing Batman Arkham Origins because it doesn't tie to the other four games at all. and wasn't really developed by Rocksteady, who were the original developers of the Arkham series. So fair warning right now, I am spoiling the story of the entire Arkham series. So be cautious about listening to these brief plot summaries. So let's begin with Arkham Asylum. So Arkham Asylum begins with Batman driving to the titular asylum with the captured Joker sitting shotgun. So Batman feels like something's up and goes in with the Joker to personally escort him to his usual cell. And it turns out Batman's intuition was right, because it's always right, and the Joker takes over the asylum with Harley Quinn as a result of a ton of his men being transferred over from Blackgate Prison. And this leaves Batman in one of the coolest concepts for a Batman game. He's trapped in Arkham Asylum and has to fight just about all the villains that he put there at the same time. After rescuing some hostages from Victor Zaz, the Joker introduces Batman to Titan, which is a modified version of Bane's Venom drug that is incredibly more potent and does more lasting damage to its user than Venom ever could. So the Joker injects Titan into a couple of regular low-level goons and turns them into hulking monsters with... It was a really grisly transformation with like protruding vertebrae and um, weirdly deformed muscles and hunched over shoulders. So Batman's new mission after that is to find and destroy all of the Titan on Arkham Island and put all of his enemies back in their cells. So Batman defeats Harley Quinn, Scarecrow, Bane, and Poison Ivy. So, it's time for the final battle with the Joker. In a crazy twist, the Joker injects himself with Titan and becomes a hulking beast just like Bane and just like those goons that he injected in the first section of the game. So Batman defeats Titan Joker and then leaves the asylum after having destroyed all of the Titan there, which leads to Arkham City. So it's been one year after Arkham Asylum. Dr. Hugo Strange sections off a large portion of Gotham to build a giant super prison called Arkham City. And he's controlling the warden of Arkham Asylum, Quincy Sharp, to be basically the puppet mayor of Gotham City. And he wants to build Arkham City by being persuaded by Dr. Hugo Strange to do so. And Bruce Wayne is one of the main opponents of the complex because he believes it's inhumane, which it is. And he is taken in as a political prisoner by Hugo Strange. And in this torture room, Hugo Strange reveals that he knows that Batman's secret identity as Bruce Wayne. And after being tied to a chair... Bruce escapes the main headquarters of Arkham City, which is the Tiger Guard, the Tiger uh, Building. That's what the Hugo Strange hired a a private military to uh, guard Arkham City. They're called Tiger with a Y. And he escapes that, that building, but he can't do anything because he's handcuffed. And Strange catches up to him and puts Bruce Wayne through processing and throws him in Arkham City, just in a suit, basically. Not a bat suit, like an actual, like a tuxedo. And so when he gets to Arkham City, he runs into the Penguin. And there's a really cool fighting mechanic tutorial 
where you beat up a bunch of penguins goons and then you punch the penguin in the face and then batman calls alfred to bring down the bat suit so the bat suit drops onto a building and batman climbs all the way up and he gets it so this is when the game truly begins and while he is going around arkham city he realizes that catwoman who is playable in this game catwoman was captured by two-face because before the game even started Catwoman tried to steal Two-Face's diamonds. So she got captured and she's being held in the Solomon Wayne courthouse. So Batman goes and saves Catwoman from Two-Face. And while they're both standing in the window talking after the whole fight is over, Catwoman almost gets shot by a remote sniper. And so Batman, he deduces that the sniper came from the chapel in Arkham City and he goes to investigate and when he investigates he finds harley quinn who says that the joker is sick and then says nothing and then does not elaborate and then leaves and batman after defeating a bunch of goons that was left that that were left there and saving some hostages he goes up to the top of the chapel and destroys the remote uh, sniper and he finds out that the joker has made the cyana steel mill his base of operations so he infiltrates the steel mill through the chimney and finds the Joker and Harley. They catch him by surprise. The Joker and Harley do. They catch him by surprise and knock Batman out with a baseball bat. Batman wakes up, disoriented, hooked up to an IV. Joker says that the Titan that he used in the last game caused some residual effects, and he is in fact dying. But he was about to be cured by Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze stopped cooperating for some reason, and the Joker wants Batman's help to find the cure. And Batman said, why would I do that? And the Joker said, glad you asked. It's because I injected you with my blood and now you're sick too. And you also will die if you do not find a cure. So with that sort of incentive, Batman looks for Mr. Freeze to try and find the cure. He finds out that Mr. Freeze is being held in the museum in Arkham City by the Penguin. So he goes into the museum and he shoryukens Penguin and he fights Solomon Grundy and frees Mr. Freeze. And so after all of that, Mr. Freeze says that he had a cure, but the cure needs a restorative element. So Batman suggests using Ra's al Ghul. And so he goes down to the underground portion of Arkham City and tries to find Ra's al Ghul because he has restorative elements in his blood from being brought back to life so many times. So he goes down to the underground, finds Ra's al Ghul and his daughter Talia. And after fighting Ra's, he gives Batman a sample of his blood. And then he goes back to Mr. Freeze. So Mr. Freeze makes a cure, but then Harley Quinn steals it to bring it to Joker. And Batman goes back to the steel mill to get it back from Harley Quinn. And when he gets to the steel mill, the Joker is apparently cured and then they fight. But in the middle of the fight, out of nowhere, Hugo Strange activates a thing called Protocol 10, which is to kill all of the criminals in Arkham City, which was the entire point of the prison all along, was to have all of Gotham's crime population in one concentrated area and then blow it up. So after escaping the blown up steel mill, with the help of Catwoman, he goes to the main headquarters of Arkham City, we're talking about the, the Tiger Building, and he finds Hugo Strange and fights him and stops Protocol 10 before uh, everyone dies. But then it, found, it was found out that Hugo Strange was actually working for Rachel Ghoul the entire time and Hugo Strange in a last ditch effort ends up blowing up the tower that they were all in and while they're falling Hugo Strange and Rachel Ghoul both die after escaping that mess Batman finds out that the Joker kidnapped Talia who is Batman's on again off again lover and he goes to the movie theater where she's being held so Batman fights the Joker and Talia stabs him but after that the Joker shoots Talia the real Joker shoots Talia who was not cured. 
still very, very sick. And it is revealed that the Joker that we've been seeing this entire time that was cured is actually Clayface, shape-shifting. So Batman fights Clayface and gets the cure that Talia gave him, and he takes it, and he's cured, and... The Joker is very desperate to have it, so he stabs him in the arm. Batman drops it, and the vial of the cure breaks. And as a result, the Joker dies, and the game ends. And that leads almost directly into Arkham Knight, which is a year after Arkham City. And the beginning of Arkham Knight shows the Joker getting cremated, and just to really emphasize that the Joker is dead completely. And Scarecrow comes up on Gotham's TV networks and threatens to cover the city in fear toxin because it's Halloween, or just just because. And so Batman goes to Ace Chemicals, believing it to be the source of the toxin. And he does destroy the source, but he is also infected with the fear toxin, which causes him to hallucinate the Joker, who is as established, still dead. And he hallucinates the Joker throughout the game. But he also learns that he was not fully cured by the cure that Mr. Freeze made at the end of Arkham City, and that he's still infected with the Joker's blood, and he might end up turning into the Joker. And after one specific scene where Batman locks Robin in a prison cell after being taken over by the Joker, he finds out that Barbara Gordon, Commissioner Gordon's daughter, and his intel, Oracle, has been kidnapped by Scarecrow. And this is one of the most harrowing scenes in the entire game. So Oracle is infected with fear toxin also, and ends up shooting herself in the head, which is crazy and very, very disturbing. So Scarecrow allies himself with the Arkham Knight, who has a personal vendetta against Batman, and they fight while Scarecrow releases the main toxin into Gotham. Poison Ivy helps Batman get rid of this new toxin, and then Batman fights the Knight again and reveals his identity as Jason Todd, the edgiest and formerly the deadest Robin that ever existed. So after that fight, they make up, and Batman goes back to Commissioner Gordon, and all the while, Scarecrow reveals that Oracle wasn't actually dead, and bargains with Gordon. Gordon and Robin to come quietly so they can save her. So they do, and then they end up being captured. And to try and save them, Batman bargains with Scarecrow to reveal his identity as Bruce Wayne on national television so he can save his friends. So Batman does that, and now everybody knows that Batman and Bruce Wayne are the same person. And after that, Batman finds Scarecrow and then beats him up and injects him with his own toxin, which makes him completely harmless. And then he activates the Nightfall Protocol, which has him going back to Wayne Matter with Alfred and ends up blowing it and himself up, killing them both and ending the game. So the gameplay of all three of these games and Arkham Origins is what one would call easy to learn and difficult to master. You have one button to punch, a button to counter, and one where you use your cape to stun your opponent and also a jump slash dodge roll. It's also an open world style of game and you use your gadgets to solve some minor puzzles and traverse whatever area you're in. City and Night are more open than the Cramped Asylum, which is why I like those games better, and you can glide around with your cape from place to place, which is also incredibly fun. And new in Arkham Knight is a fully drivable Batmobile, which is incredibly fun, and you can also use it to have tank battles with other cars, and you also use that to have a tank battle with the Arkham Knight when the entire city is covered in fear toxin. The other main quest of the game involves a Riddler, and he has tiny green trophies laying around the map in each game, and your job is to get them all so you can either find his hideout, which is in Arkham Asylum. In Arkham City, you're saving hostages, and in Arkham Knight, you're saving Catwoman. And there are tons of trophies to collect, at least 200 in every single game. Arkham City has about 400, which is unbelievable. And I know because I've gotten them all in every single one of the games. Overall, the Arkham series is one of my favorite series of games. And Arkham City in particular is my second favorite game of all time. The combat is so excellent that other games rip it off all the time, like Sleeping Dogs. And the story 
and open world make you truly feel like Batman. And that is why I love it so much. So that's it for another episode of Patch Notes. Be sure to check us out on our website, RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, and Spotify. We also have a YouTube channel, which is Radio Free South Bronx. For everyone at Radio Free South Bronx, this has been another episode of Patch Notes. And I have been your host, Adam Castor. Have a great day.